It's great to be in the SEC. Thank you for tuning in to the SEC Recap Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Warren, and today we are talking all Vols. We are celebrating that big Tennessee win over Bama. Hey, if you're a fan of any other SEC school, you're welcome to listen to, and we will have our regularly scheduled Week 7 recap. But today, we're celebrating the Vols. By the way, you can catch all of our content now in one place at secrecap.com. Go over there, check everything out, don't miss it. Let's dive in. Welcome to the SEC Recap Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Warren. We got the full band back together. We got the full touring group. Joined again by my good buddy, Andrew Turner. Hey, yo. Gordon White. Yeah, yep. We got David Springer, a.k.a. What was it, David? White Chocolate? White Chocolate, yes, sir. (laughs) White Chocolate. And then we got the touring members in. We got our buddy, Squirrel. Hey, Andrew Center. And our good friend, William Truitt, out in NC. Hey, what's up, y'all? Boys, this is a full band episode of the Four Horsemen of the Arocalypse. This is our all balls, big balls, don't give a damn about the rest of y'all video Ah. call. And guess what? (laughs) We're not talking about Georgia. We're not talking about Kentucky. We're not talking about Mississippi State. We're not talking about LSU. We ain't talking about Florida. Get out of here with that. By the way. If you're a fan of one of those programs, thank you so much for listening. Please tune in to our regularly scheduled Week 7 recap. But today we're celebrating Tennessee's monumental win and the historic scene that followed in Neyland Stadium and around Knoxville. We're going to talk to each of the boys about what this win felt like, what it really means to fans. We're going to talk viral goalpost videos, what would make the best Vols natty party and that sad ass picture of Derek Dooley eating spaghetti on a box in the corner at Neyland Stadium. <laughs> Guys, Dave, I'm going to start with you. Talk to me about how epic this win was. I have been a Vols fan for 36 years of my life. I don't remember anything besides UT losing to Alabama. I don't normally tear up whenever UT wins or during any sporting events, but uh, I cried. I teared up. This meant more to me. Besides getting married and my kid being bored, this was the best day of my life. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Truett, let's go to you. Where were you? What was going through your mind? It's by myself in my apartment. I, uh, you know, I'm a pretty reserved guy most of the time. (laughs) I was like yelling and screaming to nobody, my dog, (laughs) and like happy tears, like running down my face, texting everybody that I knew. Just like, dude, are you watching? Are you looking yeah. at this? Do you <laughs> see that? And then I just stopped texting for like 45 minutes and just sat there. And so uh, I think I had like a glass of whiskey. That was, that was great. Yeah, you just sent awesome. us the picture of the bottle of whiskey. Yeah, that was, uh, that, yeah, it looked like a good time. Squirrel, what about you? I know I, we talked on the phone a little bit after that field goal. Oh, yeah. I had to, I had to call everybody. Um, it was amazing. I watched it here in Memphis at the house. Um, there's not too many Tennessee fans around here. It's kind of the opposite. So I wanted to stay safe and, and watch it enjoyably. Uh, I'm kind of with David. 
the last game I can remember being this hyped about and happy about was you were actually there, Ben, and so was Gordon. It's 2004 when we mm-hmm. beat Florida yeah. at the highest attendance game ever. Yeah. Um, I didn't think you could really top that, but this one was just like a complete marathon of emotions. Like every time, you know, they jump out of that big win. I'm like, we got it. And then mm-hmm. slowly you see it starting to happen. I'm like, we're going to tee it Tennessee ourselves. We're, <laughs> it's just going to happen. We're going to get Tennessee. But in the end, uh, we didn't, uh, that offense is solid, man. It was great. I heard it described, uh, a couple of different places as like Alabama's like the Terminator. Like you think, you think you've killed it. And then you turn around behind you and it's still like crawling towards you. And you're just like, oh, no, 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 not again, not again. And that's literally how it felt even all the way through that knuckleball field goal that just like was a fart away from not making it over the crossbar. And then when you see, I remember seeing one of like the sheriff's deputies or the fake cops there in the end zone, like throw his hands up, like it went up. And I just like, that's yeah. when I knew I was like, Oh my God, this really happened. I turned around and high five Gordon, Gordon, Gordon was turned around playing that little hook and ring game at the dock for like the last two minutes of the game. <laughs> Cause he was too nervous to watch it. Yeah, it was incredible. I, I, I'm so happy they pulled it out. If they hadn't, it would have been a great game. But, man, uh, after everything, that was just – it was a perfect way to end it. Just like, oh, my God, is it going to happen? I fell down. I actually fell down on <laughs> the floor. All right, Andrew, let's, let's go to you. Tell us where you were – when that happened, were you actually at the game or were you just kind of uh, no, down man. there like around the action? Cause we have a no. lot to get into. Yeah. Here. I won't go into the whole thing at uh, this point in time, but I can say we all met up at a brewery up the road uh, about a mile or two from the stadium. And uh, I had ridden my bike uh, to the brewery and gotten there probably like an hour and a half early just to get a spot and, you know, hang out and chill. And uh, man, just had all you know, a bunch of friends around me and it was so much fun. There's so much energy in there, especially, you know, kind of like what Andrew said, you had the first and second quarter going so well, third quarter, fourth quarter is pretty scary, but we just, you know, hung in there and we won that place lit up. Uh, People were crying and screaming and yelling Rocky top and high fiving strangers. It was, it was so much fun. And, uh, that's when I got on my bike and just said, man, I'm going into campus and into the fort and just let's, I want to see some couches burn, you know, and uh, man, it was just an epic night, epic night. You know, how far away do you so, live from campus? On a bike, I can ride and be there in like 30 minutes, 25 minutes, okay. something like that. That's not bad. The uh, the last couch I remember burning, uh, Squirrel, you might remember this, but uh God, was our sophomore year in Knoxville Place? It was when uh, UT, I think UT was on the road playing at LSU in that LSU, crazy yeah. overtime game. Uh, and I remember people oh, was running that, was through that Eric the fort. Yeah, I think it was Rick Clawson. No, was I think it was like the Ainge and Clawson. Yeah, Clawson, Clawson, yeah. But that game ended, and I remember people running through the fort, through campus. Like it was a, I don't think it was a home game. Like I think it was an away game. It was, it was were losing LSU. their minds. I, yeah, yeah. That was the game where we TV, kept yeah. making uh, 
we kept making Aaron go outside into yeah. the courtyard because <laughs> yeah. every time yeah. she came in, like LSU would score, yeah. bust a first down. <laughs> so she didn't even get to watch the game. She just sat outside in the courtyard the yeah. whole time. But I, I remember a couch burning at the uh, yeah. rugby house, you know, which is just like a few blocks back and up from uh, from where we were staying. So it was good to see a couple couches burn. It was really good to see those goalposts come down. You know, Andrew, last week in the in that game of the week segment when we were talking UT Bama, you said, uh, and I, I think I might clip it when I when I publish this, but you said that you think if Tennessee wins, we'll storm the field, but the goalposts won't come down. Uh, and so I close. said, I said, yeah, I think you're right. We're not really a tear the goalposts down kind of fan base. Like, <laughs> we, we, have more than glass. <laughs> we have more we, glass. We expect to win. Like uh, and man, I, I was so happy to be wrong. But before we get into that, I want to talk a few narratives going into this game about what made this so sweet and why I think why I think the win matters even more so. If y'all are like me and you've kind of heard, you know, you've been seeing like highlights videos, dude, I couldn't stop watching highlights of this. Like oh, even man. through yesterday, I was like sitting at home once I got here, just watching like replays of Hinden Hooker throwing 60-yard touchdown bombs to Jalen Hyatt. <laughs> I think Jalen is still scoring touchdowns at Newland. He's still right scoring, dude. He just scored <laughs> once, twenty fifth of the game. <laughs> but the biggest narrative, and I, I'm gonna let y'all chime in on this. The first one was Bryce Young's status. All week it was: Is Bryce Young gonna play? And if he doesn't play, UT is gonna run away with this. And if he does play, Bama's gonna smash Tennessee by three scores. Well, he played, and he played out of his mind. That dude is one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen play the game of college football. He looks like Patrick Mahomes in Alabama jersey. Yep. He was so insanely good, but I think that makes it even better that they had Bryce Young. He played one of the best games I've ever seen him play, and it still wasn't enough to mm -hmm. beat Tennessee. Yeah, That Tennessee yeah. offense yeah. Uh, is is something to reckon with. Uh, I, I'm glad we beat Bryce Young. I'm glad Bryce Young was healthy. Uh, yeah, his shoulder's fine. He had two games out. It would have been just as sweet if we beat the backup quarterback because Alabama <laughs> just reloads and yeah. they're going to have a great quarterback. But man, it, it, it's so much sweeter beating them at their best. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I told friends and family, you know, we were getting nervous, getting closer to the game. You know, it seems like we were losing players. They were getting healthier players and the spread started, you know, going further and further towards them. I think it was going like nine or eight or nine going into the game. And I was telling friends and family, I was like, man, we don't have the pressure on us. We're at home. I'd much rather if we win on Monday and uh, hearing these commentators talk about it, I don't want any excuses like, well, they weren't healthy and they weren't at their 100%. See, it's the opposite now. They were 100%. We were not even uh, fully healthy. And so it just feels so much better. And I mean, Bryce Young being in the game almost helped us out a little bit just because he's not a turtle quarterback. He doesn't, he's not going to get the ball and just hold the line. He's going to push it down the field, which. Right gets Hooker back on the field quicker, which turns the game into a higher score game, which really played our advantage a lot. Yeah, I agree. Can you, you imagine you even if said Tennessee had a day. good defense? Or, yeah, or any, any secondary. <laughs> they got a lot of pressure on him. I mean, they just missed him every time. They hit him hard. They, they, hit, they hit a tackle. Hard. They got in the backfield, like, a lot. He was hurried a lot. They just couldn't actually bring him down. 
I mean, yeah, that he, was nuts. He, he must have ran a mile side to side in the backfield over the course of that game. We would get there. You would see one of our defensive ends turn the corner, and then he would just slip out. They couldn't get to him. Then he'd check down to one of his outside receivers, and it would just magically appear in his hands without a Tennessee defender within 20 yards of him. It, I that swear was, to God, it's he, just like watching Patrick Mahomes. was truly an athletic performance for sure. I mean, that was some of the most incredible stuff I've ever seen, really. So glad that he was playing, because if he wasn't, there was there would be an asterisk next to this game. You there know, would. That, that's how good he looked on the field. Fantastic. I think that's important for people to take away, because a lot of the commentary that I've heard, you know, I listen to a lot of the podcasts, a lot of the radio shows. Uh, there's a ton of Alabama fans today, like blaming refs on bad calls. And look, there was some questionable officiating on both sides. Not going to front that targeting call that wasn't a targeting call, but probably should have been a targeting call against us really worked in our favor. I don't know that that made the difference in the game, but then they had that pass interference in the end zone that really gave us a second shot at getting that touchdown that we needed after the, the scoop and score. That's the there one was a really lot of upset about. <laughs> that is the one they're really upset about. But the thing is, I mean, they were also getting away with holding the entire yeah. game. But that's every you can game always, too. I mean, you could break it down any way you want. If you, you can find a penalty on almost any play of any football game. Exactly. Like there's going to be a penalty there. It's just what they're calling and what they're letting people get away with. I don't want to get too bogged down in was it the officiating? Was it this? I think, I think what makes this win so good is that Bryce Young was playing his best football, Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt and like our offense was playing some of their best football. No, statistically, defensively, this game sucked, but yeah. it didn't matter. It was such a good freaking football game. It's some of the best college football I've ever watched. The throw up and stare down was my second favorite part <laughs> of the game. <laughs> and that is not, an absolute yes. man of a child. Dude, that was <laughs> ice cold. Can you imagine? He's like, Ugh. the head nod, I'm coming for you. And Smell if you breath. saw, like, he was looking at like number 47 on Alabama and number 47 on Alabama kind of just like looked off to the side. Like, did anybody else see him just do that? <laughs> like, he just nodded and he was like, all right, let's line up. <laughs> Second narrative, I think, man, Will Anderson Jr. All right, so this is a guy that was talked about last year as one of the front runners for the Heisman as a defensive player, which we all know is it's a long shot anyway. That's really a quarterback award effectively, but he's still being talked about this year in the Heisman. All I heard all week was Will Anderson Jr. and this Alabama pass rush cheetah package. Now, we're not an X's and O's podcast. We don't get into like that aspect of it, really. But I heard about this all week, just the the cheetah package, you know, oh, they're going to put, you know, these three pass rushers in there and they're just going to hurt Hendon Hooker all game. Will Anderson was a complete non-factor in this game. Our right tackle shut him down the entire game. Him and the, the guy on the other side, uh, Turner, Dallas Turner, dude, they had no pass rush. They had one sack the entire night. And that's defensively, like, that's all I heard that they were going to do to us was, like, get through our O-line and sack Hendon Hooker. It didn't happen. In no. fact, our right tackle was named SEC Offensive Lineman of the Week. Thoughts on that? Is our offensive line really that good? No. You don't I, think so? You know, no. I, no, I, I mean, I, yes, they're, they're, I, they're good. I, I think they're amazing. I think they're better they, than you think. That They had so much. They gave Hendon Hooker so much time to throw all those deep balls to Jalen Hyatt against one so, of the best statistically defensive lines in college football. But yeah, there's he had a big time. difference. Yeah, he had time. But there's a big difference. I mean, our offense is so fast. 
that mm-hmm. they're no giving him pretty good do, protection, I think, personally. Yeah, they're giving him protection, but we're so fast that we're always keeping them off guard. We have a good offensive line. They're going to get better. But we're so fast. We're keeping them off balance with well, him and Hooker that- and then our – and our, you know, Heisman Trophy candidate coach, offensive mind genius coming in there and just disrupting everything. They're going to make it they're going to make it difficult for any defense. So, like, Georgia's going to have a hard time with us, too. Uh, yes, we're good. We can only get better. I think so, too. The offensive line. One other thing I want to point out is we rushed for 184 yards on Alabama. They That's were only giving up 80, 84 yards a game up to this. That includes against Texas, against Texas A&M, like against a couple other Power 5 teams. We ran for 184 yards. So it wasn't just deep bombs from Hendon Hooker to Jalen Hyatt. Like we ran the ball on Alabama and we actually ran it better than they ran it on us. And that's with Jameer Gibbs. Our O-line's been helping helping us that's put hard up to believe. numbers off season though. Say that again, Gordon. Our O-line's been helping us put up good numbers off season though. Like Hooker's put up great yeah. numbers off season behind them. I dude, I'm with Gordon. Like the offensive line has looked pretty fucking incredible. Oh. And you know, it's <laughs> it's because uh there are guys in there that have been in the system for several years now. Yeah. Um, well, well, maze, no, it's only been two years that we've had the hypo system. Well, no, I mean, um, in the, on the team, there, okay. there's a veteran staff on the offense. The the defensive line looked fantastic as well. But they really uh, did. I you know that, that yeah. was the was incredible part surprised. to me. Like, uh, I, you know, and I'm no football player, but defense looks like the hard thing to master over you know, the trick rush plays that happen occasionally. And the defense looked like they had the absolute intelligence of a mastermind back there yesterday or two days ago. Yeah, I'd say another thing I noticed that the commentators said during the LSU game is that we spread our wide receivers like to the edge of the field. And mm-hmm. and that means there's a lot bigger hole that the linebackers have to spread and fill as well. So, that, I mean, they're I agree. They're just working so well as a machine. Mm-hmm. The way that they go out there and just, you know, they already know the next two plays, three plays they want to do. And they have just trained those those linemen to get right to the line of scrimmage. If you're a ball carrier or a wide receiver who's got it, as soon as you go down, you know, be smart. Give it to the referee that's about to post the ball down, and they immediately look over to the sideline. None of them are talking. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, they're all just locked in like a like a beehive. You know, I love it. Uh, but I, I'd say uh, I, I agree on what David is saying in terms of like we can grow, we can continue to to do better, but we are still doing amazing given our wide receivers and our quarterback and our uh, yeah. our running back excellent um, opportunities. Whenever the offense is only on two minutes per drive and scoring, I mean they're all fresh. They're going to look good. And then whenever the defense wants to substitute, you're going to get a uh, 12-man penalty, and that's fantastic. Yeah, and they did, I think, at one point. Yeah, they did. uh, Yeah, once or twice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's it's the speed of the offense. It's it's how they spread spread defenses out. Here's the thing. I think a lot of Alabama fans today and yesterday, like ever since the game, were looking for what was wrong with our defense. You know, they were looking for you know why wasn't our defense playing well 
if any Alabama fans are listening, I would like to propose you think about it differently. The thing that was wrong with Alabama's defense was Tennessee's offense. That's just what Tennessee's offense is going to do to even the best defenses because that's what it's literally designed to do. Alabama fans have nothing to be ashamed of. They played one hell of a game. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, Tennessee with a knuckle- the penalties. <laughs> <laughs> the penalties, yeah. Uh, the knuckleball kick. offense, though. The knuckleball kick at the end, uh, uh, missing a field goal, um, maybe they can be upset about, but Alabama, they played one hell of a game, and they, did. they have nothing to like, hang their head for. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I, it was just bizarre seeing some of the stuff, uh, those early penalties and just like miscues, like losing balls, just like unforced turnovers. Yeah, that punt, um, that muff punt. I mean, you yeah. never see Alabama make those mistakes. Oh, Nick Saban yeah, was wonder... about to have a heart attack oh my over gosh. that one. Yeah, so good. <laughs> that, that was great. I did like that. I mean, that that clip, think about that, guys. No matter what happens for the next 10 years, we're going to have that clip of Saban losing his shit on our <laughs> sideline in a game that we won and hung 52 points on them forever. We'll have that for the rest of our lives. Yeah, and no mustard bottle involved. Well, did you see? Did you see Kiffin's? No I'm looking for it right now. Yeah. I was going to link it. Hold on. Ben, you sent it to us in the chat. Yeah, I sent it to you. Yeah. So Kiffin tweeted uh, for for people listening. Obviously, we can't show it, but uh, Kiffin tweeted a Photoshop picture of Nick Saban like ripping his headphones off, where he's like hunched over and like a that French's mustard bottle like nailing him in the back <laughs> of the head. And it's like, look, I hate Kiffin still to this day. I don't like Kiffin. Yeah. I don't want him around. I don't ever want to see him again. But I hated him a little less after that tweet. I won't give it to cry every time we play him, but man, yeah. that was, yeah, I hate him a little bit less too. Gordon said, uh, we were up at the river and Gordon said, if he were drowning, I'd spray him with a hose. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few teams that I really, really wanted to beat uh, so badly that I, I, I felt visceral about it. And Whoever Lane Kiffin is coaching for is just behind Alabama for me. So that yeah. that worked out pretty well. <laughs> Whether it be yeah, weird, but, uh, USC or Alabama, yeah, I hit them all. Weirdly enough, though, I actually want Ole Miss to beat Bama, and I want us to beat Georgia so that we can get a rematch of Ole Miss in the SEC championship game in Atlanta. Like, Nobody I would love that, that rematch. Nobody. Have you seen the um, breakdown – of the four one-loss SEC teams at the end of the year? No. So Tennessee walks in, gets beat by Georgia, missed the SEC final. Alabama beats Old Miss, goes to the SEC final. Alabama beats Georgia. We now have four teams with one loss yeah. in the SEC. Yeah, so who gets into the college football playoff? Like, how do we determine that? Well, you know, all, all if, four SEC teams. Well, I tell there you what, you it depends. <laughs> well, Ohio State would like have to lose to Michigan, and then Michigan would have to lose to somebody for Ohio that to even State be like good. Yeah, remotely possible. They do look good. Their but schedule. I tell you is what, so weak. I know it's a joke. It's a joke. And and if anybody outside the SEC is listening to this and you're thinking Ohio State's the best team in the country, y'all haven't played nobody. Yeah, play Bama. See what happens. 
play anybody, play literally any of the top four teams in the SEC, and let's see what happens. That's what, because I guarantee you don't make it through all four undefeated. Yeah, I was gonna say that's what's the best part about being Bama is it's like now you beat every team that Bama could beat. <laughs> yeah, yeah the tr- I love that's a great the point, Turner. The, the transitive Bama. win property. Yes, <laughs> like I'm, I'm all yeah. for it. <laughs> that's how that's how the college football playoff should be determined is transitive wins. Sure, it's got some good <laughs> yes. points, though. I had not heard that take on the four ones. That's very interesting. Well, if we were in a uh, if we were in like a twelve team playoff, I guarantee you all four would be in. Oh, no doubt. Four one loss SEC teams, even the two that didn't make the SEC championship, would absolutely be. In. Yeah, I agree. Well, Ben, I would challenge that and say, like, even if it's an eight game playoff, uh, yeah. eight team playoff would have all sure. four, and we may even sure. have five. I mean, yeah. because yeah, it's, especially it's, when you're talking about, pretty good too. especially when you're talking about all four of those teams potentially being top seven teams which they are right now alabama georgia tennessee ole miss are all in the top seven yeah how could you leave those teams and, out of an 18 playoff and mississippi state's looking good and I, I would like to see how they finish the season man they did that was a disappointing loss at kentucky it I don't was want to, disappointing I, yeah we're, yeah, we're, we're veering yeah, off no, of tennessee it's, it's, though tennessee yeah. tennessee yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah um all right <laughs> this is so, the while, while we're on like let's get back to the game uh andrew left us for a minute but for people listening, uh, outside of the people who are currently on this podcast, they may not be aware that Andrew is the owner and videographer of the viral video of the goalposts being removed from Neyland Stadium and taken to the Tennessee River and thrown into the river. We knew Andrew was down there. And he was documenting all of this. And he start, he's sort of sending us pictures and he's sending us clips. And then all of a sudden he sends us this video. Andrew, I'm talking about you. Welcome back. We're getting to your viral <laughs> GoPost video. Yeah. So so that's where we're headed now. So you're down there and you start sending us these, these clips and these pictures. And then you send us this video of the goalposts going in the river. <laughs> we're all like, oh, that's awesome. And then over the course of the next 12 hours... You have Sports Illustrated DMing you. You have CNN DMing you. You have Lester Holt of NBC or MSNBC. I think it's up to three. It's like three and a half million views now. I'm looking at it now. 3.4. Yeah. All right. So, Andrew, talk us through... Talk us through everything from the goalpost coming down, where you were, how you decided to go follow it, how long it took to get to the river. Just take us through all of that and then tell us about you capturing that video and then all of the uh, media attention Oh man, uh, that you've had to like fend off lately. So I couldn't go to the game. I wanted to go to the game so bad. I, I really did believe in us. I am, I am nor- normally not an underdog better, but like, I really did feel like Tennessee had the best opportunity, um, you know, to win this game. Tickets oh, yeah. were like four hundred plus dollars, and so I, when I was trying to decide where I wanted to watch the game, I intentionally wanted to take my bike because I told my wife I was like, "If we win, I am riding into the heart of whatever's going down. I want to, you know, go through the fort and all this." So I, I immediately leave Schultzbrow, a uh, nice German brewery in Knoxville. If you're ever in town, uh, man, we went. I went right into. Uh, the four by myself and immediately around Grand Forest right behind the hill there's this couch on fire immediately you know so I can immediately feel this <laughs> awesome energy from the college kids and so I'm like 
yelling with them and taking pictures with the the couch you know and so i wanted i saw on tv they were tearing the goalpost down so i was like riding into cumberland and i mean dude it was insane people were pouring out of the stadium you know so many people yelling chanting screaming honking high-fiving you know and so i'm just kind of walking my bike at this point and i spot what looks like several fraternities you know just toting you know the new goalpost right down cumberland and they're like toting it towards the strip you know so i was like okay this is exactly where i'm going followed them took video and filmed and pictures and all that and everybody's chanting it's great to be a tennessee vaud and everybody's just all high on life you know and so I figure out, like, just talking to them that they're they're planning on throwing it in the river, which was the, you know, the rumor going around. If if they got to this point and they tore the goalpost down, what have they done in the past? Like, this is this is what they do. And so I'm I'm walking with them, and then I figure out I need to ride ahead a little bit and get ready. So I ride ahead. I'll try to lock my bike up and get my camera out, and they're they're chanting and yelling and screaming, and then they all throw that goalpost in the river and of course you know they're jumping in and swimming with it and riding it <laughs> just i mean it's some crazy crazy memories that i'll never forget and this is something i knew would happen you know like people were going to lose their mind if we won this game you know people are going to be having the best time and so i just wanted to be around that and so because i was on my bike i'm riding out of the area really quickly uh there's no service you couldn't possibly sit you know put a video out or anything like that but i was able to kind of ride out and i just basically posted a video of everybody throwing that goalpost in the river and yelling and screaming and tagged just like hashtag vols vol nation and then somebody had created like a goalpost uh twitter <laughs> account like immediately <laughs> so i was like okay i'm tagging them and dude i didn't even get home until like probably around nine o'clock or so and it had only been like 10 minutes and the video had like 50,000 posts before barstool prof uh, barstool uh <laughs> Sports. Uh, hey, nice throwback there. Oh, nobody's get, nobody's, yeah. oh, nobody's going to get that profits. reference, Old but he man. started to say Barstool Profits, which uh, is the name of our garage band in high school. Hilarious. <laughs> well, anyway, so the Barstool Sports reposted, and then Sports Illustrated posts it, and then FanDuel retweets it. And if you're a big Tennessee fan, uh, you know about Tony Basillo. He's like the mm -hmm. guy to listen to yeah. right after games. He reposts it. And this is when it just kind of goes nuts. And I'm, I'm kind of, you know, watching it blow up. And then I woke up in the morning. And it was like 7. And I had an email from ESPN asking to to put it on Sports Center, and I that was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> Y'all are texting me like, dude, your video is being played on Sports Center right now, dude. Yeah, I saw that <laughs> oh that morning. Gosh. So I was on I was on vacation, like uh, it's fall break, so like, we were up. Like I wasn't at home. I had to watch it on my phone, and then I found a bar uh, to watch it while we were eating dinner. But uh, the next morning, I woke up and I'm watching Sports Center, and I see basic math <laughs> and then the video i'm like i know this video and i was like oh shit turner but i sent him a text i'm like dude you got tagged on like, everything it's on Twitter. it's on the sunday fun day 
Insane. And then I think you finally got to see it. It was awesome. Yeah. And uh, it's even better that I wasn't expecting to see it. I was like, <laughs> I know this video. I've seen this before. And I was like, oh, shit, let's turn it. So I've got it. I've got it pulled up here. Go ahead oh, and play. Nice. Yeah, if you want to. Well, do you want me to play the original tweet or do you want me to play the video that's on the official like Alabama, Tennessee recap on ESPN? Oh, man, do that one for sure. <laughs> okay. Because yeah. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> Who is that? Who is that? I don't know, but he's living high. So that's that's your video. They've credited you with it. Of course, you weren't involved in that. You were just there documenting. I feel like oh, that man. video is going to be immortally now, and I can be just this one <laughs> tiny piece in this great moment in history. So you've had, you, you you've had it, ESPN, dude. Sports Illustrated, CNN, like who else NBC, is like yeah, NBC, this video? FanDuel. Um, man, it was just, it was kind of making me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but it was all, you know, if people just understood that, like, those fraternities probably fished those goalposts out immediately and toted them all around the fort all weekend long, you know. So I actually heard that the set that got thrown into the river actually made it back to Neyland Stadium later yeah. that evening. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? So all the environmentalists can calm down. <laughs> yeah, I see you've, you've got a hater on your post. I, uh... It's the same person, like copy and pasted on. Ginger like, is like response. seriously upset. Yeah, <laughs> Ginger, I wish I could make you feel better, but it's fine. Illegal There's bigger dumping. battles out there to fight, Ginger. It made it. It got out of the river. It's back in Newland. Yes. Uh, who cares about the environment? I'm, I'm sure that the heavily polluted <laughs> Tennessee River is is going to be okay. And that, yeah. Uh, it, Pour one out for all of the millions of like unidentified bacterias and viruses <laughs> that exist in the Tennessee River. I'm sure the goalpost is like hugely upsetting. I'm sure those fraternity brothers left way more waste than. The yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it'd just be rad if the goalpost stayed in the river and we had like uh, a bass spot as a monument right underneath it. We had the goalpost. <laughs> we could fish a little bit on the weekend. Yeah, this famous like, historical I'm catch moment. One underneath the poles tonight, boys. I'm glad they got it out. They can they can put it next to the statue of Hypo that we're going to be building. Oh yeah, it's oh, inevitable. Yes. I don't know if y'all saw, but uh, I don't know if it was sometime that night or if it was sometime yesterday. But one of the Tennessee might have been the football account tweeted out a fundraising link to raise money <laughs> yeah. to buy new goalposts, and a lot of people <laughs> did not get the joke. If you opened the link and looked at the bottom, it was from the Office of Annual Giving, basically like alumni affairs. They're they're the ones who keep track of the annual donor list. And so they once you graduate, they're the ones calling you asking if you want to donate 10 bucks a year and you know what yeah. program you want it to go to. There are a lot of really big accounts. I'm talking thousands and thousands and thousands of followers who did not get that this was not about raising money for goalposts. It was about expanding the donor list. So really quickly, I want to say, if anybody's listening out there and you saw this tweet and you said, wow, I can't believe Tennessee football is so poor. They have to crowdfund new goalposts. You're a moron. <laughs> we did not. You're an imbecile. Realized that this was not serious. It was a joke. It was a, a marketing campaign that was capitalizing on the moment. 
UT has plenty of money. They can afford goalposts. I'd like I to promise. add one thing. Or you could send your $52.49 to the SEC <laughs> recap podcast. Yeah, if, if you just looked at the amounts that they were asking for, it's like, do you not get that this is a joke? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like cutting down nets, except in a bigger way. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's almost like get this old equipment out of here because we're ushering in a new era. You know, this stuff's not good enough for a team of this level. And, you know, I know that sounds a little egotistical or whatever, but that's the energy that is pushing it. You know what I mean? And it, it's only going to happen a few times. One thing that is concerning, you know, looking at the fines, we got fined for a basketball court. You know, Rush, I think that was like mm-hmm. 2006 or something, a long time ago, 2008 era. That was 50000 I didn't know that we hadn't rushed the field since then. That was, you know, 100000 And so the next one's 250000 And it just feels like uh, we probably shouldn't use them all up. Uh, we should probably think about it moving forward. I don't know. When's the next time we rush the field, guys? Georgia. <laughs> National championship. Established dominance. <laughs> Not on our field. Get Georgia fined. <laughs> Rushing Rush their the field. field. Pee on their leg. <laughs> established dominance. Yeah, nobody get any pee on the leg uh, penalties, please. <laughs> when it comes down to it, uh, on a slightly more serious note, I don't think we rushed the field and tore down the goalposts because we beat Bama. To me, it was so much bigger than that. To me, it was hmm. 15 or 16 years of being drugged through the mud, being jerked around by you know the higher powers at UT who are hiring bad coaches who are feeding us all kinds of bullshit. The Butch Jones, it takes seven years to build a program, making promises they can't keep, doing things the wrong way. 15 years of being told that we'll never be relevant again, that Tennessee will never be back, having to hear the feels like 98 jokes on national media. To me, it was all of that culminating in that one moment, 18 months after Josh Heupel takes this job, when national media personalities are saying, well, we won't make a bowl game for three or four years. We had, you know, 30 something scholarship players uh, or players in general leave the program. To me, that's why those goalposts came down. It was it was this culmination of all this energy and this frustration. And it's like saying, see, I told you we'd be back. We told you we'd be back. And you didn't believe us. And now we're here to show you. What do y'all think? I agree. The last it's time we beat Bama and Florida, that I mean, that was what I think you know was more about the whole thing we beat florida and bama at home to go six and oh to go to the top three in the nation that has not happened in a very long time go ahead gordon what were you saying yeah yeah when we beat florida i mean it was kind of a a feeling of righteous retribution it was a feeling that we were a better team and that we're going to finally break that curse on florida and then all of a sudden it was like bama was obtainable and a lot of people kind of, yeah, they said it tongue in cheek that, yeah, we could beat Bama or that, you know, we, we could maybe upset Bama. But I don't feel like a lot of people really believed it um, until about midway through that first half. And, and, and then it really, really kicked in. It just felt so good all the way through. Yeah, 100%. Uh, the last time we beat Florida and Bama, by the way, was 2004. Yeah, freshman year. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Decent, decent football team. Been a long time. And beating Florida this year, okay, but then you beat Bama, and you're like, whoa. See, the thing about Georgia is we've always thought we could beat Georgia. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so going into beat, going into Georgia. this game, we mm-hmm. definitely think we can beat Georgia, which is very important, I think, psychologically going into that game. I mean, assuming that we do what we need to do for the next two weeks to to go into that game correctly. As long as we don't mess up Kentucky, yeah, we'll go in. Roll yeah, we do have to we have to take Kentucky I, seriously, but I'm not at the same time I'm not worried about our Kentucky. offense, their defense. Mm-mm. Listen. Yeah. No. I'm far more terrified about Kentucky than I am Georgia. And really? Because really? there yeah, there's an expectation behind Kentucky. That's we don't see what I mean. We lose that game. Yeah, he ain't wrong. That's bad. That's it's really bad. And you know, if we lose against Georgia this year, it's not <laughs> going to be the end of the world. We're still going to have the best season that we had in a long dang time. Yeah. Yeah. And so like 2001, you know, right? That's, so I'm just going to let the past two decades of trauma build up here, but scared for Kentucky. Okay. No, that I think that's fair. That's I mean, fair. you do have to take Kentucky seriously, but from what I've seen, uh, they just can't score enough points. Like, I, yeah. if Bama couldn't outscore us, Kentucky cannot outscore us. Kentucky's and that offensive Kentucky. line, yeah, Kentucky's going Kentucky. They're going Kentucky hard in Neyland <laughs> Stadium, bro. That that offensive line cannot keep their quarterback on his feet. Like, we we are going to make Will Levis or whoever's playing quarterback there eat dirt for sixty minutes. I think Will Levis might be injured, but yeah, it's I feel a lot better with him not in the game. I was impressed. I mean, sure. we talked about them playing Mississippi State. PTSD. It's that last 20 years of, like, the worst possible joke happening to us. And, like, that would be the worst possible joke happening to us mm. this year. It's like our yeah. losses to Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, you guys but are saying Kentucky is going to Kentucky, but Tennessee has historically Tennesseed. <laughs> you're well, you're, no, you're no, right. Brady, Ho- Brady Hoke even beat Kentucky. I'm not worried. About you're, you're right, but the one thing I would say, like going back to this Florida win, the last five, three or five minutes of that game were a little disconcerting. You're like, oh my God, here we go again. But they won, and since that Florida win, dude, this team has only looked better and played better. I mean, that Defenses Florida win yeah, rolled absolutely. into that LSU win, and that LSU win rolled into this Bama win. Yeah. Like, I just love the momentum that our team is riding with right now, and I just... Come on, carry it into Kentucky. I don't think Kentucky can bring shit to be. And our schedule's built was, for it. Yeah, we're in this nice break next week. I mean, you see Martin, the Skyhawks, man. Don't. I mean, don't. Put, don't hey, sleep on the modern. Don't sleep on the Skyhawks. But uh, no, I was. Dude, you sleep surprised. on them, they'll cover that forty-point spread, bro. <laughs> Is it forty? I don't know. Uh, Gonna mess around and get Let's thirteen on them. <laughs> No, I was pleasantly surprised with that LSU game. I uh, I didn't expect – I expected to win, but I thought it would be a whole – I didn't think it would be a blowout. Uh, this oh, team is either, – like, I'm worried that this team is – is this, like, the LSU with Joe Burrow and that, that amazing year they had and won the national championship? Is this Tennessee's year to do it? And, like, we're not going to be any good after Hooker leaves? Like, I'm I'm worried. Like, is mm. Tennessee back or is this the Hooker factor? So I, I think mean, I've heard Joe Milton's I've, up next year. I've heard a lot of comparisons to that 2019 LSU year, but uh, I like 
there's a lot about it that's different too. Like Joe Burrow was kind of this singular talent that carried that team. They had just enough defense to sort of get the job done. Uh, and when it came down to it, like Joe Burrow had to win some shootouts. Tennessee's kind of in that boat now, but there's a lot more pieces structurally to what's happening at Tennessee right now than that 2019 LSU. We have a coach, coach who's building stay. a yeah. program. Mm-hmm. Like 2020, 2021, dude, they were ready to kick Orgeron out of there. And I just don't everyone see Everyone knows happening. Coach O. Everyone knows that Coach O was on his way out, even after winning yeah. a national championship. Uh, high yeah. bulls. And I, I, I hope he stays. I, I give him whatever he needs. Now, let me jump in here. You know, I'm a big Joe Milton III fan. I love giving him opportunities. I loved them putting him in on that halftime bomb. Joe Milton Jr. III. Hail Mary specialist. I mean, to have your backup quarterback come in and take such an important throw, you know. And almost got it. And almost got it. Almost. It bounced off his hands. I was so proud of our team and our offensive coordinator for going with that because I think that we should be trying to use him as much as possible. Oh, dude! I'll tell you what. That locker room years does he loves have Joe Milton. Oh, he has like a year. Yeah, or two, I think he's going to be our starting okay. quarterback next year. Honestly. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, after Hooker leaves, yeah. I mean, it's, there's no choice. I mean, I mean yeah, unless he wants so. to go on to the to the league, because I think he. Could. But no, no, no. Listen to me. That the locker room, the Tennessee locker room, loves Joe Milton, and our coaching staff loves Joe Milton. Like they have a ton of confidence in him. He's looked good when he's played this year. Like I. Yes, I mean, he's not going to be Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker is kind of a special player for the system right now. But I feel pretty good about having Joe Milton next year, just to be honest. I do, too. I'm glad that he went ahead and threw an interception this game, kind of get that off his back, because that's a lot of pressure. I mean, he scored five touchdowns. (laughs) I mean, he he threw... He threw two interceptions. This game. Oh, he did. It's just yeah. that one of them ah, only threw one and yeah, a half. only one of them counted. But <laughs> he he technically threw two and kind of you know messed up a little mesh point handoff there. Yeah, he was supposed to pull the ball, I guess. But he went into that game with ten touchdowns and came out with fifty percent more. I mean, yeah, yeah. against Bama. Yeah. I mean, you just think about yeah. that. We, he had five games before this. He scored ten touchdowns, and then he had one game against Bama. He scored five. I mean, dude's insane. insane. Can I just pull up like a a cool stat that Go we haven't it. chatted about yet? Yeah, do it. There, you know, Hyatt had six receptions on the game. Yeah, okay. he had five touchdowns 205 his yards, yards or something like that his yards per reception were like 34 and a half how is he how is he our second receiver they they just couldn't cover him man like he their safety just they couldn't do anything for him and and that's what let me go back to talking about like the problem with Alabama's defense the problem with Alabama's defense was not Alabama's defense it was our offense it was Jalen Hyatt they they just couldn't cover him. We were just better than them. And Alabama fans, I know that is hard for you to comprehend since the entire college football universe has revolved around you for the last 15 years. But other schools have better players and better schemes than you. And you saw that on Saturday. We were just better. We got beat. <laughs> I mean, nothing against Saban, but, uh, and he does adapt, but. I mean, Saban's old. He's still in the mind scheme that you got to run the ball. They're better players now. Uh, that um, Heupel is getting the best out of his receivers and the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Saban's fantastic. I, I, what I 
two years ago, if you asked me if I would rather have Saban than Heupel, give me Saban. No doubt. I'll take Hy- no I'll doubt. Take, yeah, everyone would say that. Yeah, you'd and be crazy right now, not to. You'd be crazy not to. I'm going to take Heupel. I'm on the hype train. Uh, Heupel is going to – I love what he's doing. I remember he came into the league with, with uh, Missouri as the offensive coordinator, and then he went to uh, yeah. head coach in Florida, uh, what, Central CF. Florida. Yep. Um, and then, man, I, I was so skeptical. I was like, who is this guy? Uh, Heifel, he is changing how the SEC has played. He's the, um, he's the West Coast offense. Spread him out. Throw it long. Uh, well, but it, they're still score. running the ball, though. Like, and yeah, it's, exactly. so you have to have a you have to have a good offensive line to do and that. The SEC, so it's still you S- have to. Yeah, Jabari Small. It's amazing to watch, man. It, it really is. Like, I, I'm so impressed with what the offense is doing. I know defensively we're thin. We don't have like the talent depth right now, and you're kind of seeing that. That may be really what keeps us out of that playoff championship conversation. But dude, I they're approving that this offense can score on anybody. And guess what? They made Alabama do that. Like our offense made Alabama play differently. And just think about what that means. Think about the implications of that. Like it happened to Brian Kelly. It happened. They did it to Nick Saban by God in two weeks, three weeks, we're going to go down and we're going to do it in Georgia to Kirby smart. Like we're going to make them have to play differently because they know that we're going to score points. It'll be interesting to see how Kirby Smart's defense handles this offense. I mean, Alabama was playing like they still had um, Lane Kiffin as their OC. They were, they had to, they had to step it up and do some trick plays, and they had to throw it down. They had to spread the field. They were playing like Lane Kiffin's offense, and I think Lane it was Kiffin interesting gets to see. It. He's playing like us in a lot of ways. If you watch Ole Miss right now, they're playing a hurry-up yep. offense. They're trying to they run the ball. They're trying they're to spreading. get as many plays in as possible and just ram it down their field. Ram it down. Can you the, imagine uh, the right throat. next year's recruiting class, man? Like with Tennessee's year this year, like Tennessee, oh, oh. it's gonna be it's gonna be outstanding. Two years, man. Give it to like the class we're bringing in next year is good. Wait until the 2024 class and the 2025 class. Like it's going to be disgusting from top to bottom because who, first of all, who doesn't want to come play in this offense? Second of all, have you seen how aggressive our defense is? Like what yeah. pass rusher defensive end doesn't want to come just feast on sacks in, in this style of defense? Like they're going to get dude, plenty of time to play. Yeah. Oh, to bring them all. Bring it all on. It's going to be sick. You're right. Hope Tennessee doesn't Tennessee. Don't say it. Don't jinx it. True. I need you to. I need you to be more positive. (laughs) Don't jinx it. You'll never be invited back. It's not. It's not negative or positive. It's no, no, for sure. All right, guys. Last, last item on the agenda uh, before we move away from this. The sad picture of Derek Dooley eating spaghetti oh, in the tunnel man. of Neyland Stadium. I know you've all seen it because I sent it to you. I mean, like Dooley seems like a Dooley seems like a guy, but and I, I honestly thought he was still in the NFL. I know he was with the Cowboys for a while as like a receiver coach. In the, he's in the Saban rehabilitation program. Is he? Like, yeah, they all. Are. Know, all, the, all those him, NFL coaches got to come down and do the send him to Arkansas State and uh, get him out. Uh, <laughs> At first, I felt bad because he seems like a nice guy, but then I was like, you know what? <laughs> Screw it! Like he nice, deserves it. Dude, well, nice guy. Sure. Yeah. Great shout. Nice happens. guy. Nice guy. The, the Absolutely. The real question about that is, do y'all think that was his crotch rocket? 
the picture. What was that? The, the real question is, do y'all think that that was Derek Dooley's crotch rocket next to him in that picture? Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, yes. No. 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 No, no, he strikes me as like a Prius type of guy. Or like a Ford Taurus, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, so... I, I felt he's a nice guy. It's like walking around campus. Like he's a nice guy, but you know what? He was terrible for the program. Um, and good for him for being with Saban. Hopefully he lands on his feet again whenever he decides to get a head coaching job somewhere else. But... I just... I wonder how that feels, man. Like knowing that you coached this program, I, and I use that term very loosely for three years. I mean, come on, your first press conference was about shower technique. Shower, shower techniques. <laughs> we teach him, teach him how to put soap on the rag. Listen, I, I just wonder how that feels, like with with all those fans in orange storming the field, you know, chanting, "It's great to be a Tennessee Vol," and you're like, "I need to smash the spaghetti and meatballs real quick." Before we get back Dooley, he is not his dad as much as he wants to be as much as he tried to be like he'll never be his dad well his wikipedia article because i was trying to figure out what he's been doing i knew that he went to the nfl but it is the saddest thing so i was like all right so he went from the nfl and he's at alabama now and i just see new york giants is the last thing and the last Wasn't sentence giants. says he was not retained after the 2021 season. Full stop. Yeah. That's just it. I'm like, that is the look at the thing Giants. ever. <laughs> and then look, look at the Giants now. What are they, like 5-1? and one? So yeah, yeah, they uh, actually do. It's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> They're really good. So oh, I, man. It's just, <laughs> I feel bad, especially now knowing that and seeing that picture. It just really hammers it home. He used to be the head coach of the University of Tennessee Volunteers. <laughs> man, he was what? Fear the pants, man. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. he was a panic hire. Kiffin left. They were like, "Oh God, oh God, oh God, what do we do?" All of this feels like a trope. Is this what is that uh, Eddie Murphy movie where they take him out of the the? And well, he's a stock exchange guy from being a homeless dude. It feels like that, but in the complete. Opposite feeling for Derek Dudley. <laughs> they put, they make him the homeless guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what happens I mean, to Dan Aykroyd in the film. He, I mean, Dooley has good, good family ties. I mean, like, like I said earlier, like Dooley's dad was a great coach at Georgia. I mean, you would think mm -hmm. that Incredible that would actually do something. Incredible hygiene, right, Gordon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Last order of business here. We got to plan a natty party because we all know it's happening. Tennessee yeah. balls to the natty <laughs> to the college playoff, college football playoffs. What are we doing? Gordon, you're the CEO of the party planning committee for the SEC recap podcast. What does the natty party look like? Oh, that's under wraps. That's definitely under wraps. Still, we can't talk about it on the pod. No, no, not well. We can, but we can't talk about it on the pod today. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's imagine then a hypothetical natty party. What hypothetically are we doing? Vegas, baby. Well, we're we're watching the game. Uh, theoretically, watching the game. Um, there's lots of food. Um, possible libation. Um, okay. Live entertainment. Okay. That, We're hitting the bare minimum now. Right now. 
Great. So you've described a basic game day. All right. So, no, yeah, that was Gordon. Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Gordon. So Gordon, CEO. tell what like what are our drinks gonna be like as our as our cicerone, our, our sommelier? Like what what's gonna get us through kickoff to to the clock ticks zero and Tennessee's lifting that trophy? Well, in the moment right now, I'm drinking an orange margarita. And um, this would be a poor choice for a football game, considering it lasts a couple of drinks. Um, I would probably be looking at a nice uh, ale ale or a uh, just a sessionable Pilsner. Um, <laughs> anything you can drink thirty plus of would be a good. <laughs> uh, is 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 Hub City going to be brewing anything special for uh for the Tennessee's Natty Party? Oh, oh, that's happening. Yes, uh, oh, yeah. I've got one in my back pocket that I uh, I pull out every at least once a year. Big Orange Pale Ale may come out. Well, it will definitely come out if we if we go to the Natty. It will definitely come out, and there will be a couple of kegs reserved for the band. Hub City Brewery, Jackson, Tennessee. You heard it there. Special Tennessee Orange Natty Brew. Don't miss it. Andrew, turn. Man, we're going to Vegas, and we're bringing moonshine. We're bringing Jack Daniels. We're drinking. (laughs) We're flying in moonshine to Vegas. No, we're going to get moonshine, I guess, while we're there. Degenerate there? Maybe we take a little bit with us. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Any reason to go to Vegas? No, it's fun to Vegas. Just for the plane, right? But uh, no, man, we all got to get together. We got to rent a house somewhere on the lake. We got to have a bunch of beer, a bunch of uh, moonshine, and uh, yeah, we got to play Rocky Top pretty much all weekend. True. it. What are we doing? Natty party. Where are we going? That, man, uh, I like Turner's idea. Cabin, lake. I've got a tiny ass little John boat. Go fishing. We're going to go football, watch the watch drink the beers. Watch it on the John boat (laughs) (laughs) on our phones. Yeah. The natty. Yes. (laughs) The natty baby. (laughs) All right, squirrel. What are we doing? Natty party. I don't know, man. I hate to be lame. I was thinking Calhoun's on the river, Uh, but it's been forever since I've been there. That's not lame at all. That's where I spent my uh, 21st birthday, um, and I think that was a game day, and uh, that was uh, a great time. Played Marshall. Tennessee Staple, Vol Navy. Uh, It poured rain while Matt Hayes (laughs) served food to us. (laughs) Jumping around with umbrellas. My dad had to uh, sleep in the van before they could go home. Um, yeah, man, I, I think, uh, what better yes. place to do it than, home. Uh, Homecoming. in Knoxville itself, even though oh. the, uh, Great. the team might not be there, but, uh, you know, this team Solid can be choice. there in Knoxville right. for them. David, Natty Party, what are we doing? Man, all I really care about is us getting together. And if we're watching that, uh, I don't really care where I like the idea of yeah, Knoxville, uh, Turner will take over your house. Uh, yes, but uh, uh, all I really care about is us getting together. I don't really care where, wherever you guys say, I'll be there. But uh, I think we should already start buying our tickets for the Ooh. SEC championship in Atlanta, and because uh, we know who's going to be there. 
Yeah, boys, listen, I don't care. I don't care where we are. Gordon, bring the beers. Somebody bring a couch. I'll bring the gasoline and the matches. We're lighting that baby on fire no matter where we are. That's all win I care about. Win or, win or lose, yeah. I just want to be with win the Win or boys. lose, we're setting a couch on fire. Always wanted to do it. I, I saw it done. Yeah, I want to do it too. And we'll just go find, we'll go to a high school stadium, rip down some goalposts, somebody with a truck. We'll just find somebody with a truck. Some I'll just, I'll just bring an Allen wrench, man. Like, yeah, we'll get it down. Yeah, here they're expensive. Let's rip somebody else's goalposts. Tickets are also $450 right now on. Uh, we'll make sure uh, to turn it up for the SEC championship game. Woo. Better get them now. That's a deal, man, for watching Tennessee win it again. When's the last Maybe time we won? Know. It was like oh oh seven. There was nah. Like, me and Ben I were there. We lost the, the Georgia in the then, right? We literally had our back to the to the to the dome because we were in the very last row. And I'll never forget. Yep. We were. It was tied up, or like we, it was so close. But it, at the very end, we threw an interception, and before it even left the quarterback's hands, Ben turned to me and goes, "That's a pick six. And then LSU just walked it right into the end zone and like the two or three yard line. It was an epic game to be at, but we did not win. I think that was, that was 2008, last year, right? That we were in the SEC championship was seven, eight. It wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been eight. It would have had to have been seven. Seven. I think. Yeah. Seven was LSU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, we should go ahead and start making plans for Atlanta. Oh, I'm down. I've already made plans. It's four hours and a half. Me. I'm driving. I'll meet y'all Let's there. Go. Yeah, it's four hours for me too. Let's go. Oh yeah. All right, boys. Anything else before we conclude camp, yeah. this four horsemen go edition? Vols, I mean, we could always we could go vols. We could always use Gordon's boat. Sell it down to <laughs> sell it down to Atlanta. Oh, that's a phenomenal idea. Just take sail, it. Sail to Atlanta. <laughs> sail, sail to Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> It only uh, us, uh $5,000 in, in gas. Yeah, I'm good for it. Just uh, put it on the tab. No expense spared for the Tennessee volunteers. Just write a check. It's fine. Yeah, I'll write you a check. Just don't cash it for a while. All right, guys. Go Vols. Go Vols. I think uh, this was one of the best podcasts I think we've ever done. Just to sit around and shoot the shoot about all about Tennessee uh, make it all about us for a change. Um, you know, take some of the spotlight away from the Georgias and the Alabamas and the Ohio States of the world. Show everybody that Tennessee belongs in that conversation. It's awesome to see. It feels good to be back, even though I'm not on Rocky Top anymore and I'm now behind <laughs> enemy lines in enemy territory. It feels really good to still be wearing my orange on game days and cheering on the volunteers. So cheers to you guys. Thanks for being here with me on the SEC Recap Podcast. College game day, third time for Tennessee. Let's go. That's going to do it for our All Vols episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to the SEC Recap Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at SEC Recap and check out our website, secrecap.com. Like, share, subscribe, get notified for new episodes each and every week. Have a great week, folks. And as always, it's great to be in the SEC right here on the SEC Recap.